0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Oh, we miss you so much, but we're so grateful that you decided to spend some time with us this weekend. Hey, listen, got a question for you guys. Uh, What's your story? You know, everybody has one. Seriously, if someone could put the story of your life up on a big screen to watch, uh, what would they see? Would they see a drama filled with heart tugging, unpredictable plot sequences? Or would they see an action adventure story with the next scene being just as exciting as the last? Would they see a cool family story rated G, calm, safe, and appropriate for all audiences? or would they see a horror story, rated R, with vulgar language and violence so graphic, it would literally make your head turn away during some parts. Well, as we've been in this series called Stories of Hope, I'm reminded that everyone has a story. It may not look exactly like Aaron and, and Norris's story, but I would imagine if there are many of you out there that are watching this today, you can relate to those two and their story. You know what it's like To have a picture of what you wanted your life, your relationships, your personal story to look like. Just to have life show up and at an inopportune time rewrite your script. Change the plot line of your entire story. And have you going in a direction you never thought you'd be going in asking questions like how in the world did I get here? Uh, How did my life turn out this way? And the million dollar question, where's God in the midst of the story but you know the thing about a great story is being able to watch the featured character start their journey run into a major patch of adversity but then see how they overcame that adversity and experience victory on the other side of it because they never lost hope and what our prayer our hope for you guys watching today whatever it is you're going through wherever you may be all over the world is that your hope everybody will remain strong sure and secure in Jesus, and that we wouldn't be moved by the mountains of our problems, situations, and circumstances, but that we'd recognize that through Christ, we can move those mountains. Speaking of mountains, uh, there's a passage in Matthew chapter 17, first part of the passage where Jesus is literally on top of a high mountain with three of his best friends, Peter James and John. And the Bible says that while they were on this high mountain, Jesus literally gets transfigured, transformed right in front of him. He literally sheds his earthly body and he steps into his heavenly body. The Bible says his face shone as bright as the sun and his clothes uh, were fluorescent and bright in light. And, and not only that, but then Jesus was joined by Moses and the prophet Elijah, and then to put a cherry on top of the Sunday, God himself descended on top of the mountain in this massive cloud and spoke in his majestic voice through the crowd saying, this is Jesus, my beloved son, who I love. Listen to him. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this, right? Jesus is literally having a mountaintop experience. And on his way down from the mountain with Peter, James and John back in his earthly body, he literally can't even step foot down off the mountain before he's faced with some drama. I wonder if I got anybody listening today who you understand what it's like to have a mountaintop experience. And the minute you leave to space, you get hit with some adversity or a bad phone call or a poor report. Bible says that this father comes to Jesus who had a son that was demon-possessed. And the father says to Jesus, my son uh, gets thrown in the fire and, recently kn- and, 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 and knocked down a whole lot. And, and the demon tries to drown him. And, and I tried to bring him to your disciples. You know, those dudes that say they love you. Those dudes that say they walk with you every day. Those dudes that say they serve you. And, and I tried to have them help him. But your disciples couldn't drive out the demon. And the Bible says, everybody, Jesus fresh off a mountaintop experience with God, literally almost loses it on his disciples, goes off on them. And it's like, ah, you evil and perverse generation. How long do I got to put up with you? How long do I got to deal with you? That's literally what the Bible says in Matthew 17 that Jesus communicates. Then he says to the father, "Uh, bring me your boy. Father brings the boy, Jesus heals the boy instantly, sends the boy home with his father. Meanwhile, the disciples are looking befuddled and confused like, Jesus, I just don't understand. Why is it that we couldn't drive out the demon? And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, he says, because you're not yet taking God seriously. He says, the simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed say, you would tell this mountain move, and it would move. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. And everybody, as I was meditating on this verse today to share with you, I feel like at first glance, many of us would read that verse, and you'd say, oh, I got it, Pastor Ray. Coronavirus. Yeah, COVID-19. That's the mountain that we need to move so we can get things back. To normal the way they used to be in this world and though that may be true for some what if for others everybody the coronavirus isn't the actual mountain that needs to be moved some of y'all right now you like uh bruh what you talking about stay with me for a minute it's gonna make sense uh, for some of us COVID-19 may be the the mountain but what if for others of us The coronavirus isn't the actual mountain that needs to be moved. Rather, it is the very instrument that Jesus is using to make us stand still, shut everything down around us in order for us to face the real mountains that are in our lives. You know, the mountains of marital and family neglect, the mountains of power and control, the mountains of doubt and fear, the mountains of worry and regret, the mountain of unbelief. These are the things that we could have easily escaped from and hid behind about six, seven weeks ago, right? We could run away from this stuff, but not so much anymore. And and I feel like I'm on assignment today, everybody, to make sure that while we're staring in the face of this major distraction of a mountain called COVID-19, that we not miss quite possibly the real mountains that Jesus wants us to be looking at. Mountains that have been in our life and our families' lives for years, and we've never had the courage to face the Mountains that have been there for so long, we don't even recognize them as a mountain anymore because instead of moving them, we've just developed mechanisms to cope with them, to point them to the point to where everyone else sees it as a mountain but us. And you may say, well, Ray, how, how do we begin on working on moving these mountains? These mountains, I mean, they big, these mountains in my life, they're strong, they're deep. These mountains in my life, they're intimidating. Hey, good question, glad you asked. We start, everybody, by number one, taking seriously what Jesus says we have, for my note takers. Taking seriously what Jesus says we have. I love what Jesus says in verse 20 of Matthew 17. He says, because you're not yet taking God seriously, the simple truth is, Is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, another version of the Bible says a mustard seed, say. and everybody, I want to try to give you a visual of what this looks like. Now, I got in my hand, I'm going to come up to the camera real close so you can see. I got a a seed. I got a kernel. The Bible says a kernel. This is a popcorn kernel right here. Can y'all see that? Can you see it? Can you see it? Look how tiny this seed is compared to me. But listen, the Bible says, uh, uses that word kernel more as an adjective than a noun. This word kernel actually describes just how big uh, the seed needs to be. It's not this type of kernel. He says a kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed or a mustard seed. So I'm gonna come in real close because this thing is super tiny. And you might be able to not, not be able to see this But can you see that black dot on the index finger on the point of my index finger? Can you see that black dot? Yeah, this is a poppy seed. I mean, this thing is beyond tiny. It's literally a minuscule. In, in, In other words, can I say it like this? Jesus basically is saying all you need is this amount of faith and I'll do the rest. In other words, Jesus can take a minuscule mustard seed and move a massive mountain. Yeah, say that eight times fast. (laughs) Yeah, basically Jesus is saying, listen, all you need is this much faith and I'll do the rest. Which says to me, everybody, that God doesn't require a lot for him to accomplish a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... What does that look like for us to, you know, it, it just requires this much faith. If you bring me this, I'll take care of the rest. But here's, I think, where we get tripped up in the verse. Go back to the verse, second part of the verse says, the simple truth. So I say simple. And, and can I tell you something? Simple, everybody, doesn't necessarily mean easy. You understand? Yeah, placing our hope and faith in Jesus is easy in comprehension but it's not so easy an execution. It's gonna make sense in a minute. You guys know, many of you have an athletic background. And so, um, football uh, is not a difficult game to comprehend the object of. It's, It's pretty simple, right? You take this ball, you run it, you throw it, you catch it, and try to advance it 100 yards to the other end of the field if you do that more than your opponent, you'll win. All right? Easy. Easy to understand. Easy to comprehend. The execution, though, is kind of hard, particularly uh, if you're a dude that can't catch a cold because you got butterfingers or you run slower than Father Time. Not to mention the fact that you got a 265 opponent on the other side, benching 550 pounds that can run like a deer, that's literally trying to knock you out and stop you from advancing uh, to the end zone yeah and I think everybody uh, that's where we miss it as believers and those of us who sometimes want to jump down Jesus' throat when things don't go the way we want them to go so we don't always embrace the concept of the opponent on the other side trying to block you and knock you out and stop you from scoring He don't want to see you celebrating in your end zone. Why? Our enemy, he wants you to feel like it's impossible. He wants you to feel like you can't win. He wants you to feel like nothing will ever change. And everybody, that is a lie. Because before you knew Jesus, you had to fight this fight all by yourself. But now you know it's not just you. Hey, We might be in quarantine right now and in isolation, but we're not alone. We might be in shelter in place right now, but we ain't got to be stuck and stagnant spiritually. Why? Because Jesus is with us. Wherever we are, our God is with us. And when we have our enemy, our opponent, that try to come against us with those same old lies and those same old attacks, now we know that Jesus will stand with us. Jesus will work through us. Jesus will fight for us. He will. He will do what he promises He's just wanting to make sure that we take him seriously and we take seriously what he says we have. He says, look, all you need is this little itty bitty bit of a mustard seed, poppy seed of faith. And if you got this, I'll do the rest. He says, take that mustard seed of faith, everybody, and place your hope in knowing that I don't require a lot to accomplish a lot. Everybody, when we do that, we take seriously what Jesus says we have. But number two, we take seriously what Jesus says we can do. He says if we had that mustard seed, if we had that poppy seed, he says you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move. How many of us, everybody, if we be honest, uh, you in shelter in place at home with a house full of kids? Some of y'all know where I'm going. And you got serious doubts that them kids are going to get through this epidemic alive because one of two things are going to happen. Number one, either they're going to kill each other or you're going to kill them because they're getting on your last nerve. It's just me. It's just me. Come on. Be honest this weekend, right? My children, they're older now, uh, but they're still children. And they still occasionally get into it. I can hear my youngest from time to time screaming at the top of her lungs, Stop! Stop it! Give it back! Give it back now! You understand? She's yelling and screaming and demanding things to change because she said so. But after she get tired of trying to change stuff in her name, she'll call my name. Daddy you understand some of y'all know where I'm going with this yeah and it's amazing to me everybody how her situation changes when she calls daddy's name and her older siblings hear daddy coming up the stairs and coming down the hall I don't know what it is you know about when they when they when they hear daddy coming it just it just seems to Change the, the situation Maybe y'all can tell me in the group chat What, what it is and, and watch this Sometimes I don't even have to move at all Sometimes all I gotta do is speak Hey And instantly Things change Can I say to somebody today Could it be the reason why you tired Weary and worn out The reason why I like how Pastor Dave said it last week Why your hope balloon has a leak in it Could it be it's because the mountain you trying to move You're trying to move it in your own time, by your own might, by your own strength, in your own name. But can you honestly say, the mountain that needs to be moved, you've been trying to move in Jesus' name? Because, listen, you can do all the yelling you want, all the crying you want, all the moping you want, all the fighting you want, all the work you want, in your name, you can only do so much. But Philippians chapter 2 says that because Jesus, who is fully God, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness became obedient to death even death on the cross because Jesus did that God the Father exalted God the Son to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name and in other words everybody Jesus is above depression he is above addiction he is above Divorce, above unemployment, above COVID-19, above your biggest, highest mountain. He is above your biggest mistakes and your largest regrets. And it's at his name, the name of Jesus, that every knee will bow and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. And listen, can I say this really quickly? Would you please stop putting time restraints on God's sovereignty? That's right, I said it. I'm going to say it again. Please stop putting your time restraints on God's sovereignty. I love what Pastor Dave said last week. He said that our hope is directly connected to our growth. And really, everybody, it's time for some of us to get our hope up by growing up and stop losing our faith over how quickly Jesus is moving on our behalf. Rather, what we need to do is remind ourselves that Jesus is always, what did I just say? Did I say sometimes? I said Jesus is what? Always actively at work on our behalf for our good. And if by chance it don't time up with our timetable, that we can trust that he has a better plan than ours and that we can rest in that truth knowing that he will work it out for our good. But in order for us to move that mountain, we've got to, number one, take seriously what Jesus says we have. Number two, take seriously what Jesus says we can do in his name, not in our name, in his name, not in the government's name, in his name. But thirdly, we've got to take seriously who Jesus says he is. Look at the first part of the verse. Go back to it again. It says, because you're not yet taking God seriously. Somebody say yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the Bible says if we would take seriously what God says, the Bible says there is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing we wouldn't be able to tackle. Hey, listen. Jesus said, "I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you." Everybody do, do you take that seriously? Jesus said, "I shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Do you take that seriously? Jesus says, the same things you see me do, you will also do and greater works will you accomplish in my name. Everybody, do you take that seriously? I mean, do you? Because it's easy to take God seriously over the little things, but what about the big stuff? Can we really say we have yet to take him seriously concerning those things that are hard? And painful and complicated and stuff that we've been dealing with for years and years and years now. Yeah, Jesus promises that if we dare to take him seriously everybody in every area there wouldn't be anything that we couldn't tackle. So how do we do that everybody? What we have to do is choose today not to pitch our tent at the foot of the mountain in our life and say oh, this is this my mountain It's big, it's nasty, can't be climbed. Well, that's my life. What we got to do, everybody, um, is we got to choose today to stop staring at what's wrong in our world today and and, and start staring at what's right. This time, everybody, while everything's at a literal standstill, this is where it's imperative that we're not just coming to church online but that we are every day spending time in God's word. And so many of you, as Dave challenged us last week, uh, you took advantage of our online resources and our seven-day reading plans that we have online for you and checking out the daily devotional readings that we've provided to help you continue to keep your hope up because you want to grow up spiritually every single day. And here's what I promise. The more you hang with the right stuff, the more you hear the right stuff, the more you heed the the right stuff. The more you will be equipped to do the right stuff. And for lack of a better adjective, everybody, Jesus is the right stuff. And the more time we spend with him, he helps us take seriously what Jesus says we have, take seriously what he says we can do, and take seriously who he says he is. And when we do that, it's amazing how much more hope we'll have how those real mountains we've ignored for years and years for so long will begin to move and how Jesus will write a more appropriate conclusion to the story of our lives. you pray with me? Lord, help us to be who you called us to be. Help us, Father God, uh, to take you seriously. And we know that when we do that, uh, our hope will be up because we'll be growing up in you, Father, help us to not just hear this word today and run off and do our own thing, but maybe this be the catalyst of somebody spending a daily amount of time with you every single day growing up in you and increasing their hope and faith in you, knowing that when that happens, you get the final say in every single scenario that we face in our life. We love and thank you in Jesus name. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.